0: Hey, what is up, you amazing people? So glad you are tuning in and checking out the newest episode with Greg Walters. Um, I just wanted to give you a quick heads up that, sorry for the poor audio quality, Uh, for about an hour and a half, we struggled with video and audio, so we took it back old school and we ended up using the mic and a cell phone, Um, and yet we still streamed because he can hear us on the other end whenever we were using Skype, so uh, just to give you a heads up, if the audio is in and out, that is why, and uh, yeah. You guys rock. See ya. Enjoy the show. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Zook. Hey, guys, I'm Drewski. Hey, don't touch that. Don't touch that! Welcome to Cryptid Warfare! And if you have a story or encounter, shoot us an email or a detailed voice message to cryptidwarfare at gmail.com. That's C R Y P T I D W A R F A R E at gmail.
1: are cryptid warfare we're here with the famous author greg walters man he's uh he's a good guy he does a lot of bigfoot researching and all that and um greg dude we're happy to have you on brother
2: thank you thank you both i appreciate being
1: here yeah man i tell you what i got some notes written down here um old z baby here got about a half an hour window gap so all right, so you're the author of the book called Ridgewalkers.
2: Yeah, Ridgewalkers in Two Worlds. And also my first book uh, was uh, The Ridgewalkers was the title of it. And that's my that's my website, theridgewalkers.com.
1: Yeah. Okay. I was doing some uh, some research and reading. Um says you're part of like the, part of like the US Coast Guard, merchant marine a Map historian and Native American. What did I say?
0: The where? Ethnographics.
1: Ethnographics, yeah, something like that. All oh, right, yeah. So ethnography. Ethnography, yes. Ooh, that's a big word for today. That's a big yes. word. <laughs> My head hurts. Dang. Right, right, right. Don't say that before you've had coffee in the morning. I no. know, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, give they, us a uh, give us like a brief description. How did you get on the Bigfoot topic? Like, how do like like what led you to start doing this?
2: A lot of that came from my love of the wild, you know, going out there in the wilderness, uh, you know, different areas, not even wilderness. But sometimes, you know, what's fun is like around your area, and this this applies to any place, where there's, a, there's an area of like four to ten square miles that is just overlooked. You know, people don't go there or, you know, maybe some bow hunters might go in there or something like that. And those are the areas I really enjoyed because they were places that were just off the beaten path.
3: Yeah.
2: Uh, generally, they weren't the high, tall peaks or, or high mountain lakes or anything, you know, really attractive. But they had that feel of wilderness, or you know, that that feel of the wild. And so, so doing that, and then and then quickly following into that was was turning into a commercial mushroom picker. And then from there, just going out into those areas for extended periods of time, especially where they were like in a part of a wilderness where they were not, they just weren't explored really well. And um, and there was a reason for that, you know, as far as these areas, trails not maintained and stuff like that. That wasn't by accident. Yeah. Um, And there were places that the Forest Service purposefully ignored. And so that, so within that, um, and then also I was at a time in my life where I was going through some, some struggles and transitions and I went on what a friend of mine later
3: just basically said, well, Greg, it sounds like you just went on a good old fashioned spirit quest. Yeah. And I, I never thought of it like that, but, but at any rate, I go out there and, and I described this in, in, in my book, Bridgewalkers in Two
2: Worlds. Yeah. Um, and that's available on Amazon or through me, um, and within that, though, I, um, I basically I took the right steps. I didn't know it at the time, but I took the right steps, and then from there I had this encounter with 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 the Sasquatch. And um, you know, and the natives, obviously, like there's different names throughout the nation for this thing is what I would later discover. Yeah,, uh, there was a lot that I later discovered, you know, where in talking to people, and especially you know a couple of tribal elders, and kind of what had happened to me, you know, I didn't know, you know, they helped fill in the gaps. And then I found that also what was interesting was going into like doctoral dissertations through, say, the University of California at Berkeley, their their anthropology library, um, finding other material that collaborated with what with what I was being told. Yeah. And so so it was a time tested thing that that they had been doing for the last several centuries. Um, you know, and passed along through their through their shamans, their doctors, you know, if you will. Yeah. So that's that's kind of what you know. And I stumbled into it. It's like hippie backpacker finds Bigfoot. You know, <laughs> yeah. You know, and it wasn't something that um, that had I known how to approach the thing and and you know to sing the right song and stuff like that. That's where you're in the position then to gain knowledge from these things. You know, there's there's people out there. Not everyone by any means. But you know, mainly within the tribe, and mainly within their their spiritual group or their their shamans, that they know how to communicate with these things. Yeah. And that these things bring knowledge to them, especially around food security. And so, are they going to have a shortage of salmon? Is there going to be something wrong with the acorns? Is um, any number of their main food sources could could get upset? And they have to think of another food source, and that's kind of what this thing does—is portend the future for them. So it's a really interesting um, topic in that, and that kind of gets into the woo, you know. But, but you know, this isn't this isn't something that I hatched on a good LSD trip. You know, this is something that was was instructed to me, and like I say, it's it's buried in their own lore. And every tribe is going to have a different relationship or a different iteration of these things.
3: Um, you know, and it's centered not only around the Sasquatch, but also the little people. Yeah. And, and the little people, the
2: way to break that over is that three different types. Basically, you've got people afflicted with dwarfism, and these are real people. You know, we see them in movies now and so forth like this. Um, you know, that's a medical ailment. And um and then there's others that are just really small people and we have skeletons of these, you know, we have remains, different parts of the world, you know, you know, the archaeologists find this stuff. So they're in the fossil record. You know, we can we can locate them. It's these spiritual weird, you know, where they're half deer, half human. We don't know what the so hell, hell these me. things are. Oh, um God. kind of kind of
1: entities yeah that are are their gods and heroes you know and um a friend of mine um whom i knew at the oregon cave wrote this book american american elves and this is the encyclopedia
3: um of the little people from you know based on 380 ethnic groups throughout the western hemisphere and so when you think about this and that's just the western hemisphere you really want to get rich in this stuff explore the northern hemisphere yes yeah, southern cool. hemisphere i mean it's just it's just ripe with it throughout
2: throughout the native tribes and um you know anybody that's lived on the land long enough knows about these things um and sometimes i've even talked to like like a friend of a friend kind of uh, he's a bow hunter in Eastern Oregon. He had an encounter with one of these things. You know, occasionally you run across
3: people that have encounters with these things, but but they're brief. You know, at best you get a glimpse of this thing yeah. and
2: it's gone. And 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 you know, it's just something that um that yeah. One of my friends was a surveyor. This was Gabilan County, Arizona, but he was up in the I think the Hopi land or the Navajo land, and um and it was interesting because he was out by himself. And he rounds a corner around a boulder, and there's this thing standing, and it darts off. And it was like a half-deer, half-human, um, and it just took off. He was absolutely freaked, didn't know what it was. And his partner at the time, when he got back to the truck and they were riding out of there, he was like, man, I saw something that just didn't, you know, and the guy, well, what? You know, well, it was, you know, oh, well, that was a skinwalker, you know, I guess. That's
3: funny. And,
2: um, <laughs> it wasn't. Um, in, this, in this book, it... It described these things as thunder gods, and one of the questions I asked him was that, "What was the weather like when you saw this thing?" He said, "Oh, it was just, it was,
3: it was like right after a real heavy rain shower." Yeah. And so I, I okay, well that fits right with the descriptor in this,
2: and um, you know, in in the American Elves book, and so because this is all based on the ethnography and, and and you know the tribal lore drawn from all these different ethnic groups. Um, you know, in Tennessee, you know the Cherokee. I mean, there's there's a whole book I have here on the Cherokee
3: little people. Yeah.
2: Um, you know, it's a it's it's very rich within their lore. And there's no like, well, geez, you believe in these things? Well, maybe sometimes. No, no, they're they're like, yeah, these these things are real. These things are absolutely, you know, I mean, these are our gods and heroes. You know, and so similar, not too far removed from our own like sort of style of Greek mythology. Yeah and all the belief systems in that. So, you know, um, and, uh, you know, another friend of mine, because he had studied several religions throughout the years. And one of the things he said is that when you're in a place where you can, you can open, it's almost like opening your soul or revealing yourself in a really deep manner in Christianity, you know, this is how you reveal yourself to the angels or, you know, um, and it could be any number of organized religions that you can have that same experience because you're open to have that happen. And so when you think of it in that context, it's just that, you know, um, um, what I also, because the other side of this, I should mention too, is that um, I don't think we're dealing with something that's here 24 seven. Yeah. I don't think we're dealing with an anthropoid that we just can't find because, because I mean, number one, I know a whole bunch of people that are in the business of, of wildlife surveys. So they're out there at midnight. They're out there at all hours of the night and day in very remote places. They don't run across these things. Um, one of my dear friends, he's lived for 45 years now out on a piece of land that's about six air miles from where I had my encounter. And it's an old village site. Um, oh, yeah. And no knocks, no screams in the night, no footprints, nothing. You know, and, he, and he's seen cougar, bear. I mean, every animal imaginable. Yeah. But, but no Bigfoot. And so, you know, um, I think these things. If you approach it correctly, I mean, this was just from my experience that if you approach these things correctly, they come to you. You don't go to them. And um, and so it's just a different, you know, it's just a different kind of perspective on this. Um, you know, and so that's, that's where it's like, I can be on one side, it's bipolar Greg, uh, (laughs) you know, where I'm the biggest Bigfoot skeptic, but then on the other side, when you take it on with the spirituality world and, you know, these things living in two worlds or, you know, dimensional theory, I mean, all this kind of stuff that we really don't know much about. Um, now that could make a little more sense because of the fact that
3: we don't have physical evidence. Yeah. And, and I feel like we should for something this large,
2: um, I mean, I know a gal who is a mycology or, you know, mushroom instructor professor at, um, at Southern Oregon University. One of her grad students, oh, it was probably 10 years ago, was in a stream up in the Cascades and found mushrooms living under a log in a, in a very quiet place along a stream they'd never discovered before. So in a sense, it was like mycology, And, you know, so within within that world... You know that makes sense as far as finding a mushroom that stands all of an inch and a half tall you know flipped upside down in a stream course in one particular place i mean this is where we're at with finding cryptos and so you know um but something like nine feet tall running around out there you know um, um even even as elusive as they are uh, i just don't feel like i just don't feel like that um, that that we're dealing with something that's here all the time yeah it has a way of stepping in and out of our world and
1: kind of like in the great mystery kind of like walking through portals and stuff like that could be you, yeah. Know, yeah. Could, you know and that's that was the thing with my encounter was that did i did i experience something that stepped
2: stepped through you others know, did i actually see it at its point of origin coming into our world um, some would also argue that, well, maybe he was just cloaking. In other words, these things have a way of doing camouflage with their hair, or, you know whatever that um that makes it where they can step in and out where it seems like as though they're stepping in and out of our world when really they're there. but they we just can't see them. I, the jury's out on that one. yeah. You know? um, yeah, and so and so, you know, and this is what this is what makes it. You know the fascination and the allure is that you know if if you look at it from that context um you know and then and then once this thing's here you know like how long is it here for here for
1: an hour a day a year you know um you know who knows i think
2: it may be at best a week but i don't know
1: yeah um why don't you tell us a little bit about your about your bigfoot experience i'm really interested on that
2: It only happened once, and it happened about 20, 26 years ago, something like that, 27
0: years ago. Yeah. Um, Are you ready to level up your podcast game? Introducing Superpass, the ultimate all-in-one platform made by podcasters for podcasters. Imagine having access to a sleek website builder, the most powerful content app maker on the market, engaging courses, a thriving community, Patreon, and, and exclusive membership perks all in one place. With a Netflix-inspired layout that's both professional and creative, Superpass is the perfect place to grow your audience and take your podcast to the next level. Don't miss out. Join the Superpass revolution today. Check out superpass.com and get a two-week free trial. Link in the show notes.
2: And it was a, um, it was something that I was on a pack trip. It was about a 60-mile, you know, loop hike that I was doing. And I went into an area where I first did I almost did like a prayer. Yeah. I went to one place that was known. You know, I mean, this is what happens when you walk into their church. Yeah. Um, you know, and but basically, I went to this place. I burned some sage. Um. You know, and you know, there's a thing that, that's called. Um. You cry for luck. And I think that that's what I was doing. My emotions were caught up in it, and and I I did this did this little act or whatever. Um you know, where I, where I burned some sage, just had a pleasant evening, um, you know, camped out, and then and went back to my car, reloaded my pack, and took off. And that second night, so to speak, I um, I encountered a salamander in a stream. Yeah. but well, it was uh, spring, really. And um, um, beautiful, beautiful giant salamander. I thanked him for being there. And put him back, you know, in the little spring area there. He was crawling. It was obviously oh God, two cedars. It was bubbling spring coming out. It's a beautiful place. Um, and from there, I went to um, from there, I went to another place, and that's where I would have my encounter. And um, and it was like an amphitheater, and it was an area where uh, there were steep sides on like three sides of it, and then it was open and you know dropping down. It feels like a bench almost. And it was probably a little bit smaller than a football field, but about that size, you know. And semi-forested, there were some trees and brush and stuff like that. There was a couple of ponds uh, on the upper part of it, and um, and then I, as I dropped my pack, I went up to this. You know, right close by was the top of the ridge, and there were some tarns up there, like small ponds, if you will, made mainly from snow that had just melted, because this was early June. Yeah. And so the flowers were just trying to pop, and, you know, as soon as the snow melts in places like this, the flowers are popping. I mean, they got to get going, because they might have a real narrow window before everything's dried out, and, um, you know, and they got to drop seed and do their thing. So anyways, um, so I was up there, I saw these ponds, went back down. Was, was basically about to take a bath or, you know, throw water over my head. I, I went out to this one spot where it was along like a, it looked like a gravel waterway, you know, but probably just from a, like a flash flood of rain. Yeah. But anyways, I, I looked down and saw a footprint, a bare footprint. I went, oh my God, this is cool. Um, And so then, for so then from there, I knew that there was a presence of something around, you know, in recent, you know, um, and so I went back to my camp, and the sun was setting, um, and it was that time of spirituality. I think Don Juan describes it, or you know, Carlos Castaneda describes it in his book, that time of power where it's that, it's that transition from the light and day into night and, you know, and that spiritual time zone that happens right in that thin red line. And that's when this thing pops. Um, and it was it was already in the amphitheater. It didn't come down from the hillside. It was already there, and it and it basically appeared. I couldn't see it because it was so damn dark. Yeah, a full moon was coming over.
3: This was on a blue moon, by the way. Um, and so and so at any rate, I'm 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 petrified because I could hear this crash, crash, stop, yeah. and um,
2: and at that point, um, I i was just watching and listening and this thing stops at the upper pond and starts drinking slurp 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 slurp, you know i mean i heard that for probably a good 90 seconds and then it proceeds i heard splash 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 crash crash thump, stump. so this thing's going across this area doing a semicircle around me and do i was there Because it was avoiding me, trying to stay in the shadow, but eventually it would emerge—not so much in direct moonlight, but just just enough where I could see it. You know the shape of it moving, and it it was definitely bipedal, and probably stood about eight and a half, nine feet tall, very athletic. It wasn't like the thing over my shoulder here—you know, a little more bulky, like a football player. Yeah. Um, you know, definitely one I'd want on my football team on the defensive end. But,
3: <laughs> yeah. um, but, but this guy, so so
2: very athletic, very muscular, going around my camp in a semicircle. Then he looked at me and these icy gray eyes. I mean, it, it was very much uh, some time later, I opened one of my Tarzan comic books and there it was. It was it was it was the apes. Yeah, even in the Tarzan comic book, they had these icy gray eyes that was him. And, um, and so anyway, from there, it just dropped down the hill and disappeared, disappeared out of my view and my world. Um, and, you know, and it didn't come back. It didn't throw rocks at me. I was holding a flashlight at the time and I kind of heard in my head, like, don't even think about it. You know, huh. putting that light on me, mister. Yeah. You know, um, and so, and so from there it, it, it disappears um you know and like i say it didn't return i didn't have you know but i just felt like the rest of the trip like i would run into bear lot a bear out there yeah and you run into i think there were a couple of cubs or they were like yearlings and they were playing in a meadow and i just got to join them or you know be part of what they were doing and 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 you know i sat down in the meadow and you know you know dropped my pack for a while and, um, and just enjoyed their presence, you know. And it was just—I felt like I was part of the whole thing out there, not above it, not below it, just just there. And and it was it was very um, it was very relaxing, you know. I just felt like I was in this attunement with with the natural world, and and you know, and there's there's actually so so then in later years I would I would study. You know, you get obsessed with these things. Okay, what the hell was this? Why yeah. did I see it? You know, et cetera and um and in later years i would learn that like the salamander was uh um that that was a shape-shifted little person they're known as water babies there's land babies and
0: water babies
1: i've heard of those yeah yeah and the water babies they they
2: occupy these springs and stuff like that in these mid-elevation ridgelines where you know they're like the of also the culture. I mean, they're the ones that arguably taught the culture to to the native tribes to be able to survive in a rather so inhospitable much, so, place. So, 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 well, and you know, and so it gets into their so now we're into their lore, you know, and their and their whole belief systems around spirituality. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's that's where it gets fascinating because of the fact that just just on the face that these people have lived on the land for 10,000 years and you know what what knowledge have they drawn from that from that land um you know learning about you know nature's little secrets in these dark corners um yeah and so it's just um and there's some great stories on that you know there's one of my favorite is the one of the squamish nation and that's up in british columbia southern british columbia where where you get uh, um where there's a shaman up there you know of sorts and he's training these initiates or these apprentices and he'll pick one or two of them and then from there what he does he trains them up gets them so that that way they can live off the land very you know fairly comfortably and so forth and then he just turns them loose. Yeah. And these guys, these guys are
3: in the wild for five years, ten years, for as long as they can survive until eventually they probably get killed. Mm. Um,
2: Jesus. Or, or they return, which I
3: don't think happens often. Yeah. But but they're out
2: there and they turn into wild men. Yeah. You know, so their hair's all scraggly, you know, whatever. They look similar to a Bigfoot. Um, but... But every once in a while, every couple of years, that shaman or doctor would go out there and learn from them the secrets of the forest and the little things that these things that these that these things now that these wild things would see and witness out there in the forest living that long on their own. And, you know, how to survive and but also more importantly, like the the spirituality of that forest.
3: yeah. I, it was, it was just, to me, that was just, okay, this is far out, Yeah. You know, um, you
2: know, and, 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 you know, but it's an attunement back around to that whole piece of land, you
1: know, wherever they're at, whether it's desert or forests or mountains, yeah. Man, that's, um, man, Greg, that's a, that's a lot of information, brother. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm, we're definitely going to have you back on, because I want to talk more about those little people next time for sure on that. Um, okay. As far as uh is uh, I'm, my mind's blown right now. <laughs> as far as that? Well, I mean, you can keep it going.
0: I I know I'll, I'll have to leave, but I mean I, I man I am like I'm, I want to listen to the rest of what you're saying later since we have you right now. I mean, you can keep the. Oh, I'm still gonna on. keep
1: it going. Okay. But anyways, um, but yeah, um, but anyways, yeah, Zook, he's got a, he's got to take off. He's got some stuff he's got to do, but I'm, we're still gonna keep this going, Greg. Um, yeah, great. It was n- it was nice briefly meeting you. I know I'll meet you again but <laughs> i wish i could stay dang it work <laughs> but anyways yeah so um yeah so as far as like the researching and stuff like that um on, like your ex i'm sure you've been on expeditions because you're definitely like an avid hiker uh are there any other uh okay yeah because you said you only had that experience correct Yes. Yeah. okay yeah now as far as like the researching and stuff um what else have you found out about Bigfoot? Well, you know, the, every every tribe handles it slightly differently. Yeah. And so, you know,
2: and 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 there's places where, as, as far as having a giant in existence, that might not even exist. But the little people are throughout are throughout uh, North America, they they're South America, Asia, the African continent. I mean, they're all over the world. And on the Pacific Islands is especially rich. The Menahuni of Hawaii is an example. Um, you know, there's there's others where it's like it's like you could imagine having a real life Bigfoot, a physical animal, you know, or physical being. And like an example would be the Orang Pondak there in in central Sumatra. Yeah. And that part of Sumatra, you know, is a double to triple canopy rainforest. And very isolated. There's only certain locals that go into some of those areas. And this thing stands all about four feet tall. It's like a miniature Bigfoot. And now there's an example where you could have a cryptid yeah. where we just haven't discovered it yet. That I can relate to because of the remoteness of that place and the, and the inability or you know, the, the tough aspects of trying to get in there and especially where it's a rainforest, I mean, it's just dumping ass rain. And, you know, and so you're going to run into, um, you know, where it's difficult to find footprints. It's hard to, it's hard to track these things. It's hard to get in there and locate one. Um, you know, that, that would be, and it's small enough where where it could slip under the radar. Yeah. Um, and that's one thing about here in the Northwest. You know, there's some fun stories in the north, you know, in Canada. The Canadian north is just rich with you know, some, I mean, far out stories of where they have hot springs up there that can turn like little valleys. It's almost like a temperate or even tropical forest. And, um, and then you have, you know, then you can have beings or, you know, say like, say like remnants from the Pleistocene, you know, the, the opportunity to perhaps see a dire wolf, a cave lion, you know, all of these, all of these things that are, Reportedly dead could still live up there. Do, 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 do. You know, but how much fun is this? You know, um, and it's just because it's, um, I mean, it's so damn remote.
1: That is true. It's got miles and miles and miles of just woods and all that mountain ranges and stuff. Yeah, we don't. Dandre- yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, it's it's just such a vast area, you know, and so and so it's hard to argue that no, that couldn't exist. <laughs> so so it's a you know. It, so there's certain places around the world where, you know, you've got that kind of isolation where, you know, these beings could could be there and Sasquatch is is imbued in that uh, or, you know, kind of um embedded into the fabric of their culture up there. In certain places. In certain places not not so much. You know, um but but here this one right here. For you guys. Yeah i don't know if you can see it can you see me yeah i can see you okay yeah 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 so this is the book
1: okay and uh, yeah it's the Cherokee little people and um
2: you know and and we I mean, think this lady took the time to write an entire story of it yeah and and this is basically that eastern part or even southern southern appalachian region is 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 very rich with these things um, you know, and there's even a rock there, I think it's
3: called Judacula Rock, I think it's in Kentucky. Okay. Uh, uh, but that's a far
2: out place, you know, and how did that thing come about? Right. You know, and, and so there's, so sometimes you get these remnant pieces of archaeology that the archaeologists are stinding where, you know, they don't, they don't fully understand it. It's not even in the Cherokee language. They, the Cherokee can pick up on some of it, but not all, you know, and so it's a, it's this it's this mystery, you know, it's one of history's mysteries. and um, you know but 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 this stuff, generally, the university level, the anthropological libraries will have stuff buried in there um, from these doctoral dissertations where where they interviewed these doctors or shamans back in the day and and they and they got some interesting information on their culture, you know,' is basically what it comes down to.
1: Yeah, man, that's a. That's- There's so much vast just knowledge and just different types of lores and cryptids and just like universities and stuff studying these things and people just diving into it. There's so much out there. And with all of the encounters and sightings and stuff that people come up with, like,
0: there's no way people could be lying about this. Not all of them, I should say. Hey, we want to hear your creepy stories. If you have any creepy experiences you'd like to share, contact Drewski and I at CryptoWarfare at gmail.com. Simply put in the headline what your story is about, then write out a brief summary and hit send. It's that easy. Oh, and if you're not much of a writer, email us a voice message.
1: What's going on, guys?
0: This is Jerski. You want to hit us up or look at uh, anything that we're throwing
1: out there with our podcast? Look us up on Instagram, encrypted underscore warfare, and you'll find me and Z over there loading up our podcasts. And not only that, you guys will look at our titles up on top, and you can click on it. You can find us on Spotify and on Anchor. And then when you guys go on there, hit the like, hit the subscribe button on there. Also, on a side note, guys, I got a little side biz. Um, I tag up art for cryptids and stuff. You probably heard me on the Tony Merkel podcast. The 3M page is Drew's Tags. It's D R E W Z underscore T A G G Z. You guys want a painting? Hit me up. I can do almost about anything.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, that's so that's so that's another. That's another difficult conundrum here, because scientifically,
0: like scientists mostly won't touch this. Yeah.
2: But yet, you know, the thing that stands in the way of this
1: are the footprints and the sighting. Yeah. And the footprints, 98,
2: 99 percent of them. I mean, like that one guy thought was really cool. He was a um, oh, he was a type of criminologist in Texas. Yeah. And he goes after criminals based on their based on their footprints um based on blue heel size or shoe size or you know barefoot you know like this the guy is a he's a scientific expert with footprints well they sent him a bunch of casts of the bigfoot cast yeah and and he he threw out he threw out uh, most all of them except two and two of them um, uh, one was from up there in the harrison hot springs area southern british columbia the other one was from northern california okay and he said he could not, he could not dismiss him. I mean, whoever did this would have had to have been a trained podiatrist to know exactly foot structure and so forth like that to be able to support the weight of something that size, and you know, and you know, offering up a you know detailed scientific explanation for this. But he basically said, look, you folks in the Northwest have something you don't know about yet. Yep. Yeah, and that's that's where he left it off. He said, look. and 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 the cool thing with him was that he didn't care. The guy didn't make it didn't make any difference to him whether this thing existed or it didn't, or
1: you know, he didn't care. And so it was an unbiased opinion. I like of, that. Yeah, all these
2: cats. It was really cool. Um, you know, and then and then from there the sightings. I mean, so this is where people, you know, wow, I saw Bigfoot jump over a log and he ran into the forest. You know, well that I mean that just gives us this little snapshot. But what what backs that and you know what's what's behind that siding and uh, why was that thing there yeah i mean that's you know these are just questions that would pop into someone's head and like john green i think was an example where i mean this guy's going after it vehemently and really i mean and it's funny because i talked to one of his partners and one of his friends up there in washington doing what he was doing by backpacking out and cameras and, trying to do all this work in this and it's like wait a minute dude you know you go out there and if you're if you're being your spiritual place and so forth like this is correct they come to you you don't go to them yeah and you know and that's and so it's that it's that it's it's really up to our our willingness to accept these things in you know it almost sounds like a religious doctrine but but, you know, it's almost the same way, like, the mindset of, like, a bow hunter, you know, where he's out there, he's with the nature of the track, he's following this animal, and you, you get, I mean, day two, day three into that hunt, where you're out there, you know, um, just just crawling through the brush, that's where you're going to have that kind of, that kind of kinship encounter. Yeah. Um, because you're so much in that place. So, yeah, it's a... um. I mean, it's it's kind of a far out way to grasp it, but you know, because that's what the that's why like like within the tribes, you know, for you to be an apprentice to do this, it takes years. You know, it takes years of training mm-hmm. to go out there, and be able to sing the songs, and be able to to introduce yourself, and um and speak the lingua franca of what of what the Sasquatch is going to know, or vice versa. The Sasquatch is, you know, he recognizes that language. And so, so yeah, that's, so once again, we're back around to the ability to, you know, to know that language and yeah, it's a, um, you know, it's just, it's just another, it's just another way to look at it. Um, you know, and the way I feel about that too, is that scientifically we know so little about the universe and, you know, we're still trying to figure out what a portal is. We're, we're still, you know, some of the advancements with, with the Hadron Collider, where it teaches us the, oh, for CERN. Of our own
1: Earth. Yeah. The Hedron Collider. Yep, definitely. I hear you on that one. Um, but yeah, I a hundred percent agree with you on that. You kind of got to be open to it. And you know, if you're, if you're not, if you're not getting connected with nature and all that, um, if you're just there just for your own thing, you're not, you're not going to be open up to see what's there. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's, and that that going apply to anywhere yeah. in mean, the desert, anywhere. Um, yeah,
2: so it's a um, so it's something that that's what I've learned. And as far as my book, Back to Ridgewalkers and Two Worlds, um within this, you know, the main thing is that um that I just wove in my my real story. I told my personal story in the Rich Walkers in Two Worlds in the beginning, but then from there it just jumps into story. So the goal was sci-fi magic realism. Yeah. I described a treasure hunt. That was a true story. Um, that we went after this this eight quart jars of double eagles. Everybody loves a good treasure story.
3: Yeah. yeah. And you know, and so and so you know
2: brought that into the brought that into the fold. But um, but but yeah, it was it was based on my encounter, and then just kind
1: of weaving in what i learned over the over the decades since so yeah yeah definitely man um yeah i've uh i got your uh i got your book on amazon right now that's the next oh, yeah. that's the next thing i'm gonna buy because i try to get stuff probably like once a week so i got your book uh next up to get that so that i was reading through a little bit of it on the back part of it it looks really really interesting brother really good
2: excellent thank you yeah um, yeah it's it's available on on amazon but it's a recent release and so um i mean writing is rewriting and so you know you constantly it's in this constant mode of editing but but i got it cleaned up and um and it's 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 a fast read you know that's what i wanted was it to just be a real exciting page turner oh yeah and um yeah and then And then to kind of weave in, you know, a little bit on the little people and, you know, just and just to touch on the fact that, you know, this this is this is their belief system. And, you know, and it's and it's related to the land and and survivability.
1: I got you, man. Um, This question I'm going to ask you, there's no there's no right or wrong answer whatsoever Um, for your research and studies and all that. What do you think Bigfoot is, brother?
2: Somehow, I feel like it's something that has an ability to step in and out of our world. Okay. And yeah. as we go further into dimensional theory, um, that we will learn more. Um, but otherwise, I do not believe that it's a physical being. And and I can actually back that up with with several scientists I know, spelunkers, You know that spend time in caves i mean their whole hobby is looking for caves and um you know and there's just there's just no evidence you know for all of for all of mankind spread out across the greater greater north america we we just lack the evidence to scientifically say this thing's here 24 7 and that we're dealing with you know um that we're dealing with an animal species um, and so until we come up with some real hard physical evidence, and there is some out there. That's, that's not to say we haven't found you know a few skeletal remains, but was that an actual Bigfoot? Um, you know that we that we know and experience here at least in the Northwest. Um, so that's so the jury is still out as far as that. But but I believe that you know just like just like the title of my book that they live in two worlds and that these things that these things are here for a purpose and that they want to see our survivability on the world stage but also that we live wildly unsustainable and the problems that that could cause and god knows that's crashed
3: civilizations before yeah yeah it's a it's 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 kind of
2: a um it's kind of something that you know it's it's sad that we have to repeat our own histories but we do that. And, you know, but, but, but in this world and in the whole thing with the cryptids, yeah, it, it's, it, it's fascinating as far as, you know, just, just if you can experience and gain knowledge from one of these things at any time in your life. And even if it's just one time, it could rock your world.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree, man. Um, yeah, that's, um, it's a good answer. Like I said, it ain't right and wrong, you know, um, just, People have their own answers, but I like that. Um, As far as uh, here's a question too. As far as people getting starting out, getting into this, when it comes to researching cryptids or 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 anything like that, um, what advice would you give them?
2: You know, as far as research, you know, that always happens. You know, at, at a really good library, and with our online resources now, you can access so many different libraries and so much information online. It's just fascinating. Um, and then the other thing, too, is um, to to basically, if you're going to go out there, you know, I, you know, out in any numbers of wild places, um, you know, one of the things I've done is where you kind of, um, I don't want to say take control of it. It's more like you, um, you, You want to be one of the caretakers of it so you don't litter you know you pick up litter where you
1: can yeah you basically Um, basically treat them with like with a respect that's right
2: that's right yeah and so and so and so within all that um you know that that then from there that's where lessons are learned and so um so yeah and, and you know that's the thing is that to be able to care and 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 love the land and and, you know, that's, we draw resources from it, but also it's like, it's like when you kill a deer or you kill an animal that you give thanks, that, you know, you, you appreciate and respect the kill. Yeah. And, you know, um, I mean, that's just, that's just almost like, you know, it's almost like the philosophy of the hunter. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's within that, you know, but, but yeah, it's just, you know, it's something that um that's, that's where um, that's where I feel like, you know, people, you know, we tend to just um, not so much take advantage, but we take for granted, I guess. I
1: yeah, say, there you go.
2: That we take for granted what we have around us.
1: Yeah, we do. And, uh, yeah, that's one thing as a society and people in general. We're just yeah. constantly just, you know, just moving fast <laughs> instead of just appreciating what we got around us, slowing down, you know, and take care of basically of what in my opinion of what God put in front of us, you know what I mean? That's yeah. right. That's right.
2: Yeah. And and you know, and that's the thing, is that is it because it ties into, you know, whatever religion you've got, you know, you know, that's within your heart and soul. And, you know, and so and so it follows that, you know, there's some basic tenets there, some basic you know, like like groundwork or 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 your know, philosophies to live by yeah. that makes it inherently good people, you know, that we want to be a good person. Mm -hmm. and So yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's all it really asks. And, you know, when you go at it, too, with, with, with a very open mind, um, you know, these things become, you know, they're attuned to that and, and you'll become receptive to it also. And so it's, a um, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of like an attunement with nature. And, 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 you know, whether it's a salamander or a lizard or, you know, you know whatever kind of insects and I know mosquitoes aren't fun. But but I mean, they're they're part of that whole they're part of that whole ecosystem that feeds other things that, you know, you know, they're just one of the lower ones on the food chain. But, you know, they're just part of that whole scene out there. And, you know, and it's and it's so much fun when you're in that kind of attunement that that animals can almost come up to you. You know, and and that they're not, and but it's on a that it's on a mutual, neutral, you know, like neutral, you know, neutral ground. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and
1: that's that's when that's when you you know that okay, you know, you're in that you're in that right frame, and that's when these things will appear. Got you, brother. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you, man. Um, yeah, like I said, uh, Zook and I, we're gonna have you again on this podcast for sure. Definitely want to dive into the little people. Um and um yeah man, um where can people find your book at and where can people find you if they need to get a hold of you on questions or well, anything? I can be reached at
2: um my email is gwalcher two thousand seventeen at Gmail. G W A L T E R two O one Seven at Gmail. And um and then from there I also have my book on Amazon. And, um, and also email me directly and I can, you know, we can arrange payment and mail, and, you know, I'll include a card and, and you know, you know, sign a copy of the book, uh, that kind of stuff. And, um, and so, so yeah, it's something that, um, that I just felt like this was a story that needed to get told. And I felt like, you know, that, um, I hope to be able to expand it into the larger Bigfoot community as far as, you know, because a lot of times will touch on the fact that well, yeah, there's some native lore in this, but nobody really knows what, <laughs> you know, and so and so to be able to expand that topic a bit, and the ability to find that information and where it can, you know, where you've got your area staked out, you know your place where you want to be, and you know, and you've heard stories of that um, that this might fill in some of the gaps. Yeah, and and I think my book presents that you know,
1: Walkers in two worlds by Greg Walter and yeah, found on Amazon. Um, yeah. And please email, please email or contact me if you have any questions. Right on man. Awesome. Right on. Uh, Greg, I appreciate you, man. I'm glad you took the time out uh, to hang out with us, to talk a little bit about your experience and your book and massive knowledge on this stuff. Um, but yeah, but we definitely are going to have you again on the podcast for sure. For sure. If you'd let us. I appreciate it. Good, 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 good. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, yeah, you guys keep up your good work and and um, you know keep the faith and never give up. No, we won't, man, for sure. Um, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and stop this recording and we can chat a little bit more. But All right, guys. Uh, like I said, you guys got any experiences? Uh, hit us up, uh, cryptidwarfare at gmail.com. That's cryptidwarfare at gmail.com. And check out uh, uh, Greg's book, uh, Ridgewalkers. It's on Amazon and on his own website as well. Support them, check them out, and uh, we appreciate you guys for stopping by.